just before you listen to this episode um if you know that you do not have enough time on your hands to like listen to this in its entirety and that's totally okay that's fine please please don't even start it um i just advise that you you know come back at a later time when you like have a little bit more time just so that um you can get the full like gist of today's episode and if that's not you um okay just carry on now hey guys my name is jemima and welcome back to the diary of jesus kid podcast this is your very first time tuning into this show where you've been hearing my voice i'm excited to have you today and i'm so glad that you're here thanks for tuning in and if you're a returning listener welcome back once again it's always always a pleasure to have you join me uh yeah okay um first off it's like seven days since the last episode so um i thank god for the discipline i guess i guess i think i figured it out guys um the problem is discipline it's not like i don't want to do it it's not like i don't know i have to do it it's just the discipline to actually sit down here and like do it (laughs) i guess is the issue but like anyways we're sort of past that now so that's okay um okay so moving on i just wanted to say something really quickly before we actually get into what we have for today and that is that please just keep an open mind whilst you're listening to this episode i've never said this thing before but i feel like it's really important today to just let go of what you know or like what you think you know and just be open for the holy spirit to just speak to you right now and yeah just be attentive and just listen i guess to the holy spirit and yeah that's it okay so now moving on okay so first corinthians 13 verse 6 and we're still talking about love by the way and so i'm just going to read first corinthians 13 verse 6 really quickly and it says love does not rejoice about injustice but rejoices whenever the truth wins out and just looking at that verse in like multiple um translations some verses says um wrong or it does not rejoice at wrongdoing but rejoices with the truth or some says um iniquity and like it all just means the same thing like sin pretty much so love does not rejoice with sin but rejoices whenever the truth went out and okay so fun story unto as to how like i came up with um the passage that we're going to be talking about today okay so i was like actively looking for a portion in the bible where like it simply just showed this that jesus like did not rejoice in wrongdoing but like rejoiced with the truth and i know i know that okay all of jesus's life obviously he did not rejoice with wrongdoing he did not you know celebrate wrongdoing he did not celebrate sin and he was obviously always for the truth but i was like looking for a specific instance that i could like point out and like you know bring out from like the life of jesus and so I was actually kind of getting discouraged, to be very honest, because I even searched online, guys. I <laughs> I did a lot of crazy things just to find this one. And then I made up my mind that I was going to, like, just go through, like, skim through, like, the Gospels and just see if, like, any story just stands out and, like, if there's anything that we could just, like, bring out, right? And I, like, I just whispered to Holy Spirit, like, please help me. I don't know what I'm doing. Like, you know, I don't have anything to share, pretty much. And, like... I just went to John. Something told me to just start from John. And I was like, okay. And so, like, it was on my phone. So, like, all the chapters were, like, numbered out. And so, the Holy Spirit just said, just, let's just start from John 8. 
and I kid you not, I just opened John 8 and this story was just like perfect for it. Like the heading was just like a woman caught in adultery and I was just like that is perfect what we're talking about today. And so, I mean, I just said all this to say that the earlier you start involving the Holy Spirit in the seemingly mundane things and the things you're struggling with and you need help with, um, the better it will be for you and the easier it will be for you. Because just imagine if I started out, you know, asking the Holy Spirit, the pressing that inspired scripture to direct me to like where to go, you know, for this episode. Imagine how easy that would have been for me, you know. So yeah, that's just that's just all I wanted to say with that whole story. So anyways, moving on. So let's actually read the John chapter 8. And I'll be reading from the NLT version as always. Um, okay. So verse 1 says, Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives, but early the next morning he was back again at the temple. A crowd soon gathered, and he sat down and taught them. Verse 3, As he was speaking, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. They put her in front of the crowd. Verse 4, Teacher, they said to Jesus, This woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say? Verse 6. They were trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him, but Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. Verse 7. They kept demanding an answer, so he stood up again and said, All right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. Verse 9 now says, When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest, until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, Where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, Neither do I. Go and sin no more. Okay, um, before we actually get into unpacking that scripture, I just really feel like it's important to just talk a little bit about what it means, or what the Bible means by rejoicing in wrongdoing and like rejoicing in the truth. And I'm very aware that this topic is a really sensitive one and you probably get why I'm saying that um, later on in this episode if you keep listening. But I'm just saying that to say that please, please keep an open mind. Forget about the fact that this is coming from me. I promise you it's not my words. It's not entirely, you know, my thoughts. It is literally what is in the Bible. And so, yeah, just keep an open mind, I guess. Okay, so... One thing I learned about rejoicing at wrongdoing and it was actually from like, I was doing a little bit of like research on it and I came across this like beautiful article that like worded it perfectly. And one of the things they mentioned is that rejoicing at wrongdoing can be in two ways and both of them don't necessarily involve you like participating in that wrong thing. Obviously you doing that is also a part of it, but like rejoicing at wrongdoing may not necessarily involve you like being a major factor in that wrong like you may not be the one committing the sin but one thing like we've noticed and it's very common in this our society today is we affirm and like we celebrate it in other people and so it can come across as little as like just liking a post or like sharing a post on instagram and you know very well that you know that thing is a wrong thing that thing is sin but like you're celebrating it you're affirming it by liking that post it means you agree with that thing 
and you know you're celebrating that and it could be even as big as like you openly like talking about it and saying yeah it's okay to do this thing it's okay to you know engage in this kind of sinful thing that you know the bible clearly does not accept and i'm not going to like exactly mention anything that i feel like oh this thing is wrong or like none of that i'm not doing any of that um you know what it is you know what it is you do i know what i do and even if you don't know like the bible says that the bible has like all the answers and everything you might seek or anything you want to know like whether or not it's a sin or not the bible addresses everything and so i'll just leave that to you and like the holy spirit to figure out you know what it is that you know this might mean to you but like it varies with different people and like that's not even the point and so my point in that is that we're not exactly doing it but we're rejoicing in it we're celebrating people that are doing it and the bible just tells us that love does not rejoice in wrongdoing but it rejoices with the truth and you know the second aspect of like rejoicing in wrongdoing that i feel like is also really common especially even with christians is this thing about self-righteousness and that just means like you see someone and you know the person looks like he or she is like worse of a sinner than you and so that gives you a sense of like calmness and like makes you content with your own sin and so you're rejoicing in like the fact that you know this person is worse off than me i'm better than this person but like you're also a sinner you also have sins that you need to like let go of and like repent of but you're like okay and you're content and you're like judging this other person that is like like worse quote unquote because that might not even be the case but like you know the person is openly looks like oh this person is a bad person quote unquote and so you feel better about yourself that you're not as bad as this person and you know what i'm just trying to say is that the bible says that love does not rejoice in either of those two things and um one thing common with us as christians like okay not everybody but most christians and i know that sometimes i'm included into that as well is that we're often at two ends of that spectrum so it's either you're like celebrating and affirming sin so as not to come off as like judgmental and you don't want people to like see you as like someone that is too judgmental and all of that and or we're like hating sin and like hating the people that commit the sin so it's like you know get lost i don't even want to hear about it i don't want to like you know be in the presence of like these kind of people like those kind of people like appall you so to say in lack of like a better word but, like that kind of thing so we're almost always at like either of those two sides but if anything, Jesus was a friend of sinners. And I feel like this is really beautiful because the Bible records that Jesus never sinned. Jesus was a man that was without sin. And obviously, if he had sinned or like if he had sin in him, he wouldn't be a perfect sacrifice. He wouldn't be worthy, you know, to be on that cross, to die for our sins. Like it wouldn't count because it needed to take a lamb without blemish, a lamb, you know, without sin. And so that was what Jesus was. And is actually because jesus is not past tense i'm sorry okay and so like jesus was not you know someone that was like appalled by sinners or like appalled like clearly he wasn't a fan of this sin he wasn't celebrating this sin he wasn't like glorifying this sin but he was a friend of sinners and i feel like that's something we need to learn and cultivate as christians and 
you know jesus did that he was friends with sinners like all of his friends all of his disciples were like sinners like they were all like you know quote unquote bad people and they were seen as like religiously unclean people and those were the friends of jesus and so that goes without saying it goes without saying that jesus was a friend of sinners but he wasn't a friend of sin and so there is a way like it's possible to be friends with sinners but not you know rejoice in the sin and that is exactly what you know this verse is talking about and that's what love is in general i guess okay so uh, moving on to the flip side of the whole story where it says love rejoices with the truth and i think the first thing to like notice about this this particular verse is that you know paul is contrasting two seemingly like different things like like you know when you put like two words in that kind of context it's supposed to be like this thing is like the opposite of the other thing so paul did not say love does not rejoice in lies but rejoices with the truth so that means that biblical truth or truth in a biblical context is actually more than just not being a lie and i'll prove that to you in john 14 verse 6 jesus made this statement and it's very popular with us as christians and jesus said I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And I feel like most of us as Christians, we mostly accept the fact that Jesus is the way. Jesus is the only way to like salvation. He's the only way to get to the Father. And we, you know, we accept that. We've seen the light and we appreciate that, right? And we understand that Jesus is the life, but we sometimes just leave out the fact that Jesus said he was the truth. And I feel like that statement that Jesus made was a very intentional one because he knew that we were going to get to a time where truth becomes like subjective. We are not even sure what is truth and what is lie what is a lie anymore. And like I saw something and it was like um, this person said that the line between good and bad is like so thin and so like it's no longer a clear line it's no longer like definite like oh this is sin and this is not a sin you know it's not like subjective like if i feel like it's not a sin then it's not a sin you know but i'm just here to say and if you don't even get anything else i'm going to say if you don't even listen any further it is good and it's perfect to just stop here and just hear this truth is not subjective it's not about what you feel it's not about how you're feeling or like whether or not you think it's the right thing or like your thoughts or like what you think you know it's about jesus so truth is not subjective truth is jesus jesus is the truth and so any other truth that is not anchored in christ any other truth that does not take its roots from christ is a lie and you know that's non-debatable non-negotiable that's just it's plain and simple jesus is the truth and so if you actually think about that and put that at the back of your mind then that statement makes perfect sense you know when it says love does not rejoice in wrongdoing but rejoices with the truth rejoices with christ rejoices with god and so with holiness with um you know righteousness pretty much and so that all just makes perfect sense bringing it into the light of christ it makes perfect sense and you know i feel like um this is a very like i said it's a very sensitive topic because you know you hear a lot of like oh my truth and your truth and you know that's your truth and literally i was watching a show yesterday guys and um this girl was like oh savannah told a lie about me yesterday 
and the savannah was like um i didn't lie that was the truth and the other girl was like um that wasn't the truth that was a lie that didn't happen and savannah was like well it's my truth and the other girl was like clearly so enraged and she was like well uh that was a lie you know and so we're in this age where it's like everybody has their own truth and everybody has their own opinion and what they think is right and like even in my sociology class we were literally having this conversation and she was like you know that is their truth and like everybody has their own truth and everybody is free to like believe in whatever they want to believe in and obviously it goes without saying that she was talking about christianity and like a lot of shade but like it's okay moving on <laughs> the point i'm trying to make is that truth is not subjective like i said before truth is anchored in christ and so there's nothing like your truth my truth and you know our truth and everybody's truth or whatnot and there's something that my pastors taught about truth a couple weeks ago and i think it's really beautiful and it just helps you us to actually like have a perfect understanding of truth is that there are two things about truth or for something to be regarded as truth it must be narrow and it must be exclusive narrow being that for example two plus two is four everywhere you go you understand and you like accept the fact that two plus two is four so of all the billions of numbers that it could be two plus two is strictly four no matter how you want to like do it no matter what type of formula or like approach you use to it you're still gonna get four right and it's exclusive so it excludes the opposite if it's not four then it's not two plus two if it is not you know if the answer is not four then you did something wrong you know every other thing is wrong except four and so i just find that beautiful when you don't bring that into the context of christ the way of christ first of all is narrow everybody doesn't accept it it's not you know generally accepted everybody doesn't believe that or people often struggle to believe that jesus is the way jesus is the truth and there's a lot of like conspiracy there's a lot of argument there's a lot of nonsense i guess in the world but like that's not even why i'm here i'm sorry for my poor language i <laughs> forgive me guys anyways jesus being the truth um excludes its opposite so you can't say jesus is the truth and like these are the things that are acceptable to like this is true too no if jesus says that this is wrong then he's right because he is truth right okay so anyways enough about that and let's actually now bring this home and like bring this back to our passage so now that we understand what it means to rejoice in wrongdoing and what it also means to rejoice with the truth let's talk about a passage now okay so let me just um do a quick recap of like what was happening and the story behind this so um jesus was in the temple and he was teaching and like obviously as usual like a crowd of people are gathering to like listen to what his he's saying and like learn at his feet and like you know these set of people just bring a woman and they were pharisees and they bring a woman that they caught in adultery and now the very first thing to this is that first of all this is so flawed because it takes two to commit adultery like she did not commit it with just herself right so where is the second person where is the guy that was committing this adultery with her like for it to be adultery it had to take two individuals so like where's the second person guys pharisees come on like bring the two if you're gonna drag anybody drag the two of them don't just drag one person anyways 
So they brought this lady to Jesus and they were like, Teacher, according to the law of Moses, this woman should be stoned. According to what is written in like the law, anybody caught in adultery or maybe it was any female caught in adultery should be stoned to the death. So what do you think? And so they were like, this was one of their many attempts to like catch him slipping. And like I said before, Jesus was never caught on fresh and that's on everything. You know, he was always ready. He was always prepared with a good answer and like a suitable answer to all of their questions and all of their like thoughts sometimes. And so Jesus says to these people and he says, at first Jesus didn't even reply to them. He stooped down to write something on the ground and so they became persistent they were like hey what do you think we do to this lady and so jesus was like okay fine you can stone her that's all right but like let the person who has never sinned before be the first person to throw a stone at her and jesus just said that and like like the boss he is he just went back to like writing what he was writing he didn't even like shield her he didn't do any of that he was just like okay let the first person to throw the stone be someone that has never sinned before and so he kept writing what he was writing on the ground and the pharisees one by one they started turning back they dropped their stones and they were turning back and they left away and you know after a while jesus stood up and he was like woman he was talking to the lady that they were about to stone he was like where are your accusers didn't even one of them like condemn you and like stone you and she was like no lord none of them and jesus said okay neither do I go and sin no more and now the most beautiful thing I think about this story is the statement that Jesus made he says all right but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone so can we just understand the fact that Jesus did not say she did not commit a sin so it wasn't as if Jesus told the lady okay it's fine that you sinned it's okay it doesn't really matter that you sinned no it matters and that's something that we need to understand even in our day-to-day that you know sin is not okay it's not okay to sin it's not you know it's not something that is acceptable and it's not like oh that's fine whatever no jesus was conscious to say that let the one who has never sinned so he was not coming from the perspective that oh what she did was not wrong he accepted that yes what fine what she did was wrong but let the person who has not sinned let the person that has never done anything wrong be the first person to stone her be the first person to you know condemn her and so that was just beautiful that all of them went away because they know deep down in their hearts that if they stone her they like it will be over for them because that would be an obvious lie there's no way that anyone could say that they have never sinned before and so that was just beautiful to see and all of them went away and the one person that was qualified to lay a finger on her and like stone her was the one person that says neither do i go and sin no more so it's very beautiful and so when we look at it in the context of love does not rejoice at wrongdoing but rejoices with the truth that is obviously like the perfect example because jesus did not say like she didn't sin he didn't say that what she did wasn't wrong but he was you know intentional with what he said and he said neither do i go and sin no more so he acknowledged the fact that that was obviously a sin that was a sin that was you know it was not okay to commit adultery but 
he did not come from a place of like condemnation like those people wanted to do they wanted to condemn her they wanted to stone her and that's just like hypocrisy and like the highest level because you have sinned and you know you weren't stoned for like the things that you did but you you know you just want to stone this woman you want to like kill this woman because she did something wrong and maybe because you know and that just goes you know back onto the self-righteousness thing we were talking about earlier because you feel like oh what she did was like bigger than you or like you know what the kind of sin she committed was like too big and so it's like oh this is bigger than forgiveness and all of that but that's not biblical that's not what jesus did so jesus said neither do i condemn you go and sin no more so he forgave her sin and he asked her to go and sin no more and so that is just you know amazing and that just gives us everything we need to know about how to approach this kind of situations as christians from a love perspective because that's what jesus did the one person that can condemn us does not condemn us so why should we go about condemning people thinking and writing people off thinking they're like too far gone and like you know they're you know too far and too you know they've done so much wrong that it can't be forgiven no but we can do that we can you know not smile at sin but at the same time show love to people and um there's this verse i came across in jude 1 actually they're like two verses and it's jude 1 22 to 23 and i feel like it just sums this all up beautifully and it says and you must show mercy to those whose faith is wavering rescue others by snatching them from the flames of judgment show mercy to still others but do so with great caution hating the sins that contaminate their lives and i'll read that in another version because just reading that one is like a little confusing because of like the wordings used so i'm reading from um the gnt version i guess and it says show mercy towards those who have doubts save others by snatching them out of the fire and to others and to others show mercy mixed with fear but hate their very clothes stained by their sinful lusts and i'll read it in one more version and this is the easy version and i just recently um discovered this one and it's a really good one it really it really just interprets scripture in a quote-unquote easy way and so it says some people are in great danger you must save them from the fire of god's punishment there are other people that you must also help but be very careful now this is the one those people have done very bad and dirty things. Those dirty things have spoiled their lives like they're wearing dirty clothes. Keep away from those dirty things and do not let them spoil your life too. And so that's just another way of saying, do not rejoice in their wrongdoings, but love, show mercy, show love to the sinners. And so that was what Jesus did. He, wow, that was literally what Jesus did because he did not smile at the sin that she committed, but he showed mercy to her. He did not condemn her. And so that is literally all I have for you today. That is all I'm going to say because I don't think there's anything left to say just from what Jesus did. We have all the guidance. We have all the instruction we need. And so in summary, we as Christians should hate the sin love the sinners and you know the gospel the message of christ is to save the sinners it's you know we're reaching out to the lost we're not reaching out to those that think they're good or those that are found quote unquote we're reaching out to the lost he's the 
kind of person that goes after the lost sheep and we literally see that all through um you know jesus's life because he was going after people that needed help you know he went to samaria just to meet one woman just to encounter that woman at the well and so jesus was constantly looking out or seeking out people that needed help seeking out people that were lost seeking out people that you know were sinners literally plain and simple and so it's just really important that as christians we're striving and seeking each day to mirror the life of christ and just do what jesus did literally just act as jesus did he was not one to like shy away or like go away from like sinners because those are the people that need to hear this message those are the people that um need the message and literally need saving he did not come for you know the well and those that feel like they're healthy you know a doctor is for the sick it's for the sinners and so He's the kind of person that leaves the 99 that are saved and he goes after the lost sheep. And so we should also emulate Christ and go after the lost and, you know, definitely, definitely seek the Holy Spirit's guidance, seek and listen to the Holy Spirit's instruction because it's not something that you just jump into. It's not, you know, you definitely need discernment. We all need discernment from the Holy Spirit and and I just pray that um, the Holy Spirit guides us as we um, begin this journey of um, not rejoicing in wrongdoings, but rejoicing with the truth. And yeah, that's it. That's it from my end. And I hope that you learned something. I hope that um, this sets the stage for like the Holy Spirit to just speak to you and like minister to you i guess in some way and yeah without further ado let's just um close off with a quick prayer and i will leave you to be about your business <laughs> heavenly father i just want to thank you for your child that's listening to me holy spirit i just ask right now that you just come and teach us your word oh god help us not help us learn how not to rejoice with sin but to love the sinners oh god just the same way you've loved us the same way you extended love to us the same way you forgave us oh god help us not to withhold that forgiveness oh god help us to show mercy to people that are not you know sharing the same faith as we do oh god help us to realize and come to an understanding that you are the only truth and anything that doesn't take its root in you is not truth oh god and Holy Spirit, I just pray that you teach us how to love, O oh God, because all of this are just words if we don't apply it to our lives, if we're not living it out. So teach us how to not only be hearers, but doers of your word, O oh God. Help us to actualize it and help us to show love to people. Help us to extend grace just like you did for us and teach us how to be your hands and feet on this earth and help us to be light and salt to this earth, O oh God. And help us to not just be preaching one thing and living something totally different, oh God. Help us to live out what we preach. And in everything, Lord, I just pray that you get the glory from all of this. In Jesus' name I have prayed. Amen. Okay, guys, thank you so much for listening today. And um, while I was praying, I just got reminded of one little, little tiny detail that I forgot to mention. And it's just that whenever you have questions or like you have, you know, anything that you feel is right, always seek answers in the word of God. Seek the word of God for truth and for like, you know, answers to whatever burning questions you have. And when you're doing that, drop your biases. Like just 
drop whatever you're feeling or whatever you think you know or like whatever you feel like um is the right answer and just ask the holy spirit to just direct you um and yeah teach you and show you the truth i guess and yeah that's it that's it from my end and thank you so much for listening um i just okay i think i just need to get out of your face now because i don't know i've run out of stuff to say but yeah thank you for listening and i hope to see you on the next episode i guess i love you with the love of christ bye